Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Garden Gossip, the home and garden show, with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Welcome, everybody. It is March 3rd, 2022, and we are airing live from Anacortes, Washington, and today, we're going to go from Anacortes to Tulare County. In fact, this is part of our first Thursday Travel Tulare series with the Sequoia Tourism Council. And Tulare County is in Central California. It is home to the Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks, Sequoia National Forest, and Sequoia Giant National Monument. And, um, oh, excuse me, the Giant Sequoia National Monument. And also, all these amazing communities that make up Tulare County, and that includes Woodlake, which is where we're going directly to Woodlake Botanical Garden. Uh, it includes Dinuba, uh, Tulare, Visalia, Three Rivers, Porterville, uh, all these amazing agricultural communities. That's what the whole Central California Valley is known for growing just about everything. I think it's over two, 300 crops that are grown there, and there's also dairy, so a lot of cheese. And it's just beautiful, and spring is an awesome time to go and visit the region. Uh, so if you're going to go, I encourage you to go to the website, discoverthesequoias.com. But uh, we're going to talk about Woodlake Botanical Garden. This is a place that Nancy and I always say, if we're going to go mm-hmm. to the sequoias, of course we have Gotta to go to the go. parks and the forests. But this is a place we must go. It is an incredible garden uh, with, you know, multiple gardens. There's a rose garden on one side, the Woodlake uh, Rose Garden, and um, it's by a lake called uh, Bravo Lake. But this botanical garden is something so special, and the rose garden too, because this is about a community getting together and just taking care of this land and planting uh, crops. There's um, banana trees, even berries. There's roses. There's sunflowers. A little bit of everything. So we're very excited today to welcome back on the show. It's been a few years since they've been on the show. Uh, Manuel and Olga Jimenez, who created this garden, and they just simply rock. We got to see them last year in spring, and uh, we wish we were actually in the garden with them today. But let's start with you, Manuel. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's good to have you here. And and welcome back, Olga. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much. Hey, it is good to have you back on the show, too. And um, I remember the the first thing when we got to see you both last year, and the garden was busy, and people were just flocking to the garden. It was April in 2021. And you gave us this huge bag of oranges. That was so, <laughs> so good. Our, our, mm, yeah. What's going on in the orange in the oranges right now? I mean, do you have uh, production? How's it been? Because I I know it's it's been frosty across the country. Uh, how how is the how are the oranges doing, Olga? Well, in California, we have been having wonderful weather. Mm, it has been spring, early spring mm. for us. 
In mm. fact, I think we've been in the 70s for over a no. month, maybe <gasps> two months. I'm yeah. so jealous. And the, the only <laughs> the only bad thing is that we haven't had uh, enough rain. Oh. We need rain, and uh, I think uh, wow. it's supposed to rain tomorrow, Friday. Okay. But uh, we need like a yeah a good consecutive rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need because it's like kind of real sparse. Yeah, you need the steady kind of. Heavy drizzle for two to three days. Okay. Or yes. a week. Yes. Mm-hmm. A whole well, week. Oh. Yes. We've had we've had yes. that up here in Washington State and yeah, so, so we should send saying, it to you. You need you know, we want to <laughs> yeah. send a gift. Like can you, you know, push on down the road <laughs> to our yeah. friends? We'll send you the this the sun. <laughs> that would be great well, I, for us. As far as the citrus go, we yeah. have everything right now. I mean everything, mm-hmm. pomelos, grapefruits, tangerines, navels, wow. anything you can imagine. We have it in abundance. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Do you think blood oranges, like the blood oranges grow yes, we have, in your area? Yes, we have blood oranges also. Ooh, I wow. think we have mm-hmm. over 82 varieties, so every wow. tree is different. That's what? amazing. You can imagine, and you can taste all the fruit you want. Eat all the fruit you want. We just don't allow people to take bags of citrus out. This way well, we yeah. have enough citrus for everybody to sample. Mm. Well, thank you for our bag that you gave us because I knew you were selling yeah. them and um, actually raising funds too with that. And uh, it just was, it was, they were so delicious and it's good road food, you know, because we travel full time and oranges mm-hmm. are really good road food but don't do not leave your peels out in nature that is not a good thing it's almost as bad as a cigarette but but, but <laughs> just saying <laughs> they were delicious and you know speaking over 80 varieties uh, manual how many crops do grow in this in the central valley sequoia region is it is it two three hundred Yes, it's well over 250 uh, different commodities that we grow. And, of course, amongst them, there's, you know, there's a, an immense uh, variety. So when you talk about citrus, you know, there are many different kinds of citrus. Like you, know, you might consider limes and lemons and uh, uh, grapefruit mm. and, and, and oranges as sure. separate things. But when we think about citrus, we think of all of them packaged together. And the same right. thing with vegetables. Almost everything you can imagine we grow in, in this county and the adjacent counties. So mm-hmm. it's it's really uh, a diverse uh, 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 availability of all kinds of fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And that's the interesting thing about going to the garden. And we featured you in our latest issue of Quality of Life magazine. It's actually a new magazine for us, and it it focuses on family and health and personal growth, person and business. And we we included you in a story about Tulare County being a place for people to take their kids on a uh, farming adventure, basically. So kids know and can connect with their food. And why we put you in there was that the garden, Woodlake Botanical Garden, everyone, you can find it on Facebook. It's really good in regards to uh, showing what you can grow. And I think it's a great place for kids, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yes. In fact, you know, the kids, uh, when they come, you know, uh, it, they get to work, you know, Often it's just it's grunt work, you know, like weeding or hoeing or just watering plants, but they get to work with just about everything. So when you think about the fruits, you know, when you think of stone fruit, we have a collection of over 200 varieties of stone fruit. 
And that would include wow. things like peaches, plums, nectarines, fluots, plum cots, apriums, <laughs> cherries, mm. and so on. You know, so there's every every tree in the garden is different. So it's not like a, it's an orchard, but it's a collection of some of the best varieties of each uh, type of fruit that we could get for the gardens. Right. Oh, wow. wow. That's and so cool. How many acres is it? Because I know when you come into Wood Lake, you're on the right side, you know, if you go into the parking lot, and to the right is a, a massive rose garden, which was part of the botanical garden at one point. Now that is like a community rose garden with the Kiwanis Club and all different organizations yeah. uh, taking care of all these roses that you initially planted, right? You and Olga and Woodlake Pride, right? Yes, initially yes. Did in, that. in fact, you know, we, we in fact we planted a larger rose garden in in the west side. So the, it's uh, you know we have the two rose gardens in the Woodlake Botanical Garden now. We have the Kiwanis huh. Rose Garden and we have the rose garden inside you know, on the east side. Awesome. So yeah, there's there's uh, together we have probably I'm guessing about 250 varieties of roses. Wow. On, on the west side there's probably 123. On the on the east side That's... where we were at we've planted another uh, 130 varieties of roses. Wow. So if people want to smell roses and 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 see the beauty, this is the place to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, man. that's amazing. It wow. is beautiful going there. I mean, and yeah. and what about year round? Is this something? I mean, does the garden close? I remember at one point it was May through October or September, October, but it seems that you you're open year round these days. Yes, yes, yeah. Historically, we have been open year round, except that now, you know, and it just seems uh, one thing that's real, real important for us is that people don't re- realize that the garden area is an island. And that mm-hmm. island contains certain species of wildlife, you know, many different species of birds. We have raccoons, possums, red mm-hmm. fox, kid fox, all those animals cool. that occur in, in other areas, they're mm-hmm. in the gardens. And so what we allow is we leave them alone for four days <laughs> to have whatever no. they want because they eat a lot of fruit. Mm. <laughs> and then the yeah. public gets to be in the gardens for three days. Yeah. And it allows us also, you know, to, with our equipment to be able to, because there's a, the, it's a, it's a, lo, it's a one mile long garden, and we have to drive on it, and we don't like to really drive too much when the public is there, and so it leaves the wildlife uh, to have their freedom, while you know while it's closed, and of course, you know, they mostly come out in the evenings and the mornings, but mm. uh, it, it's a unique place, and since we don't use pesticides, it, we have, for example, every single pest that you could imagine. But we also have a corresponding collection of beneficial insects that control those pests. And yeah. so not using mm-hmm. pesticides has allowed uh, this this island of, of, of property to have all this uh, this uh, habitat and also species that are not going to occur in agriculture in the uh, probably in the state. Wow. It does. I think some home gardeners often don't realize that when they use a pesticide, they're killing the good insects. I'm not going to call them pests because they're good insects, as well as the ones that they don't want. You know, So when you use yes. a pesticide, you're killing a whole lot more than what you think, and it's not all that healthy. For people. Absolutely right. If people like, just have patience, you know, yeah. you know, people ask us about, you know, a certain pest and say, well, you know, that pest is there, but if mm-hmm. you're just patient, there are other uh, beneficial insects uh, mm-hmm. or, or other things that control it. So just yeah. be patient and, mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll, you know, those things will respond. That's, that's nature. 
Yeah, and and that's true. We saw in our own garden in the 29 Palms, when we first started, it was really hard because we're gardening in the desert, which people said you can't do, but you can. It just takes a little patience and some creativity, and you really just have to wait, see what happens, and then find a natural solution Mm. to what's happening. And sometimes you just have to realize you grow three times what you need so nature can have some somebody else can have some and you can have some <laughs> you know I, exactly. I have to say this because Manuel as soon as you started talking about the birds and the wildlife I have to tell you what's yeah. happening so we've just had this rain and this today is the first day of like some really good sunshine of, over the last few days here in, in uh, Anacortes Washington as soon as you mentioned the birds and the wildlife this entire flock of black starlings I know, flew into right the backyard here. where we are, and they're well, hanging they're here out too. here. They're yep. like, you have them in the front yard, Nancy? I'm by the backyard. Yeah, they're in this tree right We're just out here. totally flocked Look. in by, by starling birds. They're, they're like listening. What did, what did you yes. do, Manuel? What did you do? Do you have a yeah. special call? It's, I feel like no, you know, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, Olga and I have had to adapt to the birds. For example, yeah. uh, there are certain species of birds that love to eat the buds of stone fruit, and especially yeah. uh, plums uh, and, and uh, apricots. And mm. so um, we allow them to feed. We don't prune the trees until after they start blooming because if, if we prune early, they wipe, they take all the buds out. So oh. we work with the birds. Yeah. Let them feed, and after it starts blooming, they don't eat it anymore. They eat them when the buds are swelling. And so they, we let them feed, and now we come back in. And they don't know, they don't uh, feed on the peaches, for example, but they do feed on the plums and the all the related uh, species of trees. So yeah, it, it's a uh, very interesting. We have to adapt to all those things, and we're learning as we go. Oh, you well, know, so you guys are watching then and seeing how you know nature. You're working in tandem, so a lot of observation has to happen for this to work. Absolutely, and, yes. Oh, nice. I read somewhere that when birds come in, especially in a flock, which they normally do, that when they when they go to eat fruit and and other things, they they look for what one would call the weakest plant. So it's something that's going to die anyway, and the, because the energy or the flavor of the plant is condensed and more flavorable and stronger as the plant recedes. It's the kind of word they use. And so the birds know mm-hmm. because they can smell it. And so what they're doing is actually doing a natural pruning that you would have had to do if they didn't do it for you. About that. And, you know, and that what's interesting sure. is that the, these birds have preferences. They like mm-hmm. some varieties over others, you know, someone, yeah. whether it's cherries or mulberries yeah. or, or plums or peaches. <laughs> they yeah. feed on the varieties that they like best. Well, they're like people. I was thinking another, maybe another, yeah. Another interesting thing is that yeah. we have gone out there and planted sunflowers, mm-hmm. and they're really beautiful. And then you go about two days later, you're wiped out. <laughs> yeah. And we go, what happened? Goldfinches. What happened here? Well, <laughs> the birds, you know, they like the tender little shoots coming up, mm-hmm. and then we have to figure out, okay. We have to wait now till they go find some other food source, and yeah. then we can come back and plant our sunflowers. Yeah, oh, it's uh, wow. so you wait, a, Olga, for them and to then, rotate around. Yes, huh. 
Yes, and then they go hide in the Himalayan uh, berries, the wild Himalayan berries, and they come mm-hmm. out, and then they go back. They have an eating schedule. Yeah, you know, they're not. <laughs> they, they they're not like us humans. <laughs> yeah, not. And so like we kind of keep an way. eye on. Yeah, yeah, we kind of keep an eye on, on what when they're coming out to eat and what is their yeah. favorite, and we don't yeah. plant that again. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's interesting. So I want to get into the history of the garden, but I want to start with the two of you and your history of knowing how to work with the land and grow. Olga, tell us a little bit about your history. And because you, I mean, from when we were there at the gardens, the times we've been there, it's just, you seem to be this magical flower power lady who, who knows the flowers. Like you, you've got, Olga's got her own flower bed. Like a, it's really, you've got to go and see what I'm talking about. But um, it's, it's just magical. And I love what you're doing with the kids. I want to get into Woodlake Pride. But Olga, tell us a little bit about your background. Is this something you've always been doing? Well, um, growing up with a huge family and being farm workers, our hands were always in the dirt. Mm. If we were harvesting grapes, olives, oranges, or whatever, because California is so rich. Mm. So we migrated to the different uh, areas where the... And mm. so that lifestyle of uh, working and, you know, like uh, not having a motel to stay mm-hmm. in and, and just uh, making the best of what you had. And I, mm-hmm. I tell Manuel, I don't remember having a pillow when I was a kid. I just had the clothes on my back when we used to travel. Mm-hmm. So we're not really, you know, we're not really like, uh, I have to have this and I have to have that. No, we right. we can do without. We mm-hmm. were raised that way. And uh, I tell Manuel, I said, um, the first time I knew about birthdays was when I was married and he made me a cake. I go, what's that about <laughs> I never had a birthday cake. Oh, wow. And I didn't miss it. You know that saying, when you don't know, you don't yeah. miss it? Yeah. Well, that's the, huh. way, that's the way we grew up. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. This is the perfect time to turn your creative ideas into a sustainable business. I'm Miriam Shulman, author of the new book and audiobook. Artpreneur. This is the step-by-step guide for creatives to transform your passion into a profitable business. Artpreneur is the artist handbook and your first step to developing a life of creative and financial freedom. Order your copy today, artpreneurbook.com. And wow. so you learn, you learn and you you accept the new things and it's very hard for me to accept a gift because I'm more of a mm. giving person than accepting. Mm. And the thing with the the vegetables and the flowers, they're so giving. They give so much beauty. Mm. Right now we have stock everywhere. Stock mm. has a fragrance and we have every color you can imagine. Oh, And awesome. that's such happiness. Brings such mm. happiness. And the fragrance, oh. you can pass by 
and you can just pick up the fragrance. Yeah. Mm. And so far, oh. there hasn't been a, a bug that likes it. Mm. So we're oh, doing cool. such a good there. Yeah. This is, so you went from, from, you know, farm to farm or ranch to ranch as things were mm-hmm. ready to be picked and worked. Yeah. This, yes. It's, you know, and, and we've had some, it, we're very similar that way. I think Nancy and I, really, we really don't care about stuff. Obviously, we don't no. have anything. <laughs> I mean, we do. That sounds terrible, but we give it away. I mean, it's just we, we don't seem to care. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's always about music, books, and plants, right? And animals. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's what it's all yes. about. And so I remember yeah, when we last time we saw you, we were talking about you You want a little teardrop so you can go, you know, we can hook you up at the back of the car. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm still hunting for a teardrop. Hello. I'm still on the lookout for one. You've you got a spare teardrop. Take it to Woodlake Botanical Garden and give it to Olga. But <laughs> but this is but you know this is really important history, and I know Manuel too. Um, in Woodlake and um, following you on Facebook, you've done a lot of stories about your lifestyle and growing up, and also working and you know in, in farming and um, just I think it's very important that we understand this history um, of what California and who. Uh, has been farming California for so long. I think it gets lost, and as things become more modernized in in agriculture, those stories can go away if we don't tell them. So I really appreciate what you do, just both of you, what you're doing in the garden, because I think so many mm. people flock to you. I mean, when we were there, it was hard to get in, a word in with you because so many people are asking you questions and how to grow this. I've moved to the area, which is great. Which is sharing, great. You're sharing something so important. One is how to grow food and and flowers and have that beautiful bounty, but there's that history too. So, Manuel, do you want to tell us a little bit about your start in getting your hands in the dirt? (laughs) That's really what it's about, right? Yes, well, just just like Olga, you know, uh, my family, we we both come from really large families. Mm. Yes, uh, uh, working in agriculture. And, you know, my dad, when, when I was a kid, he used to plant gardens, and probably from the age of 10 to now, Mm-hmm. I probably had a garden almost continuously. So for about 60 years, I've been planting something. <laughs> yeah. And of course, during my, you know, I, when I eventually got a career, it was with the University of California as a farm advisor. And I did research on, 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 on vegetables and berries and tropicals. And so, you know, I, I get to do the things that I really loved. And so I got to plant almost every vegetable that exists in the world as a farm advisor to, to look at, to see the possibility of growing them in California. And so, you know, from that, the things that I learned when I was 10 and 11 years old, they came useful as I, mm. you know, uh, uh, yeah. inherited a job that was real important to another fella, you know, and, and I, and, and I just kept doing more and more work with, with, with plants. And so, you know, I went from working with something I really loved doing, which was mm. working with plants and, and teaching people, and then with the gardens, which evolved uh, sort of together, because the gardens, we've been doing them for a long, long time. Mm. And so, yeah, uh, so uh, combine the the knowledge that I've learned from uh, working with the, the, the plants and the young people uh, have all evolved to what we have today at the Woodlake Botanical Garden. It's a It's been a continuum. That's mm. awesome. It's, that's awesome. Uh, I love that you're doing it together. Can you tell us a little bit about Wood Lake Pride? Because you talk a lot about in there's, you know, signs in the garden and about you're growing, you know, you're not just growing plants there. You're growing people too. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Well, Olga and I, we have a long, long history. In 1971, we started with some of our very first projects. And uh, it started off just beautification projects in town. And so, you know, if it was removing graffiti or painting mm. the mural, uh, we, we just did all those things. And, you know, when I, when I eventually, and we worked with kids back then too, growing flowers. And then what happened is I, start, I volunteered to do some work with the Hmong families who had immigrated to the United States to teach them how to grow uh, uh, in our system. So we, mm. we, I worked with them for about eight to ten years. And Olga said, you know, um, you know, we used to grow vegetables in Woodlake. Can't we do that again? And so <laughs> she, she's the one that drew me back, you know, to, to doing the mm. gardens here in Woodlake. Mm. And so, you know, Olga's pretty much the one responsible for us, you know, uh, starting up again you know because we it was even though i was planting i was planting working with different people eventually what happened is that we started working with kids in woodlake and the age of the kids years ago was much younger than the kids that work with us today i would say they were from eight years old to uh, uh, 14 years old at the very for the first eight years very young kids and then eventually the school uh, came up with a, a community service requirement for the high school kids and so now, you know, it's mostly high school kids that we work with, mm. but uh, uh, we have fewer young, young kids. Mm. But, you know, I think overall it's been a good experience for all those kids. We are now working with some high school kids whose parents worked with us in the gardens mm. many years ago, which is kind of interesting. Wow. So, wow. you know, the the gardens, you know, the, the reason for doing the gardens was kids, you know, because we just felt that kids in, in today's world, you know, and I'm talking, you know, 20, 30 years back, mm. that they didn't have the experience that we had, you know, getting your hands dirty, uh, mm-hmm. learning about things. You know, it's a it's it's not so much a, a science, but it's a um, um, uh, an art to learn yeah. to grow things. And, yeah. and when the kids do that, when they plant a seed and they see it germinate and yeah. they see it come to fruition, it's something exciting for them. Yeah. You know, the only it, problem it, we ever ran into was was when we were growing, you know, we were planting, you know, we planted a garden one time that had over 1,500 varieties uh, of flowers and vegetables. And the kids came to us one day and they, they were planning to do a strike on, 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 on us. They said, if we continue to give them vegetables, that they have to take home, that they were not going to come back because their parents are forcing them to eat these exotic vegetables <laughs> and they didn't like it. <laughs> oh, no, that's funny. Wow. So then we started growing more yeah. watermelons and cantaloupes, the kinds of things that they like, right? <laughs> oh, that's, but they didn't that's... want the, the cauliflower and the broccolis and the, and the pak choy and the oh, gailan and all those other things. They were giving them, we're giving them, they'd take big old bags full home. And then the parents are fixing it for them, and they expected the kids to eat it. And they told us, if we have to eat the vegetables, we're not going to return. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. But there is a, there's a technique because it, it's – vegetables are really um, usually overcooked. Um, yes. It, it's very hard. It, it's, it's not really hard. It's just that we try to do too much. And, I mean, I think – I'm not a huge vegetable fan. I really am not. But you eat a lot of salad. You'll eat them fresh. Yeah, you'll eat them I'll fresh, eat them and fresh or raw. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. or slightly cooked. I, I have. It's rare that I like vegetables in a restaurant. <laughs> I have to say. Oh yeah. But yeah, I it there it it's got to be almost off the vine kind of thing. Yeah. Freshly picked. 
on the plate, lightly seasoned, and leave it. Do yes. so much. You know, growing up, my mother used to overcook all the vegetables and stews yeah. and things like that. I, yeah, I hated vegetables. Yeah. And when too. I started eating Chinese food, I realized that, hey, they're not bad. They're actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, uh-huh. Olga loves vegetables. So, you know, she's taught me a lot about eating vegetables. So, you know, I eat a lot Ooh. more than I used to. <laughs> Ooh, Olga, give us some tips on, on vegetable cookery. I'm yeah. Trying to get, because I'm trying to well, I'm the daughter, and I'm trying to get my mother to eat vegetables. <laughs> well, you know, with the, uh, the, the influence that we have with the uh, Asian people, mm-hmm. there are so many sauces out in the market that you can buy for your vegetables. Mm-hmm. The one I like the most is the oyster sauce. It's kind mm. of like an imitation, but it's mm. delicious for any greens you have. Mm. Olive mm. oil to begin with, and then just saute your vegetables and put in some oyster sauce. I love it. It's just, mm. it, and even even the black bean sauce on any vegetable. You can oh, have. I'm with you on that. I do that. I do yeah. that. I'll make beans and then just put salad on the side, and you'll have a little bit of vinaigrette, but I let mm. the bean juice and the and vinaigrette go together and put it on the mm-hmm. vegetables, and just it's there's mm-hmm. something about black beans. You're right because it's got a, it's almost like a nuttiness. It's it's hearty mm-hmm. and it's 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 delicious. But uh, it's interesting about you know the Hmong people in Tulare County. We went to the Tulare County Museum in Visalia in Mooney Grove Park, and they mm-hmm. did a huge exhibit about all the mm-hmm. different cultures who have come to Tulare County. In different ways, right? And there was the Dust Bowl too, right? That brought people across. But we, I did not realize how international mm. Tulare County is. How Big many Very much. different hands are growing the fruit and the vegetables and the nuts and everything. I mean, uh, I, it was pretty amazing. And I think it's special. And and it's special that they're recognizing that and letting people know because it's it's. You know, as we look at the world fighting with each other, I think one thing we can all agree on is let's let's grow some flowers and have some peace. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. food that's healthy for each other, but it's amazing. And Very. It's, it's especially important for the Hmong people because they literally lost their home country. They do not mm-hmm. have oh, yes. their oh, home. Yes. You know, so their so home we learn is from their county. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We learn from them, and they learn from us. And being mm-hmm. out at the garden, I'm always curious, and I'll ask, how do you fix this your way, mm-hmm. you know? And how do you fix this? Like, we'll have somebody from, uh, we, we get a lot of people from around the whole country, mm-hmm. from Texas, from San Diego, from San Francisco, from New York. And so I always like to converse and ask questions. I'm always curious. Mm-hmm. And... uh They'll tell me, oh, um, how how they fix fix the cabbage. This one mm. fella we know he's doing uh, sauerkraut, and yeah. he told mm. me because we had a lot of cabbage, and I kept giving them here, take some cabbage, and <laughs> he said I'm gonna fix some sauerkraut, and he, yeah. and then I go, how do you do that? And he said, my father used to do that, mm-hmm. so he says I want to I want to carry that on and not forget. So he says, when it's ready, I'm going to bring you some. Mm. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, I hope I, but I mostly like it. Mm. anything I don't like. Anything so pickled far. is good. Listen, it's good for your yes. body. It's just yummy. It's, and I, sauerkraut fresh, I mean, homemade sauerkraut is a treat. It's really it's good. good. 
and that is true about the the people at the gardens when we were there that day. You know, it's every time we go to Tulare County, we have to go to the gardens. It's just so special, and and it's very accessible if you're in a wheelchair or pushing a you know a little baby in a stroller. It's you know mm-hmm. it's it's easy to get around and it's just Call really me. pretty. You know, so I really encourage people to go there. But people from all over were there. And I think a lot of people are moving to Tulare County as well, um, getting out of the huge cities and, you know, and the Sequoias. Who doesn't want to live next to Sequoia National Park? I do. It's pretty. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. place. Yes. Manuel, I do yes. want to go to the fruit that you're growing there because you had all kinds of varieties yeah. of blueberries mm-hmm. and, you know, everything. But you have banana trees. And this is – it. I still, like – how are you having banana trees? I mean, it, I didn't expect you guys to have tropical fruit in the Central Valley, like yeah. in, in Florida, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, because I did work for the University of California, I looked at the possibility of growing tropicals in, in our mm-hmm. county. And so mm-hmm. I, I studied, you know, I looked at bananas and found that the dwarf bananas, you know, even though they freeze in the winter, they actually will flower in the summer and set up a, a banana bunches and will ripen by in the fall. So oh. we can get bananas even though it freezes here. And the same thing goes for, you know, uh, papayas. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a large uh, – uh, we have many Asian people who come to uh, to uh, actually purchase our, our uh, papayas green. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever had papaya salad in a mm-hmm. Thai restaurant. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you know our banana tree, our papaya trees are just magnificent and beautiful. They set, you know, one one tree will have more than fifty fruit, large fruit, mm. and so we grow them outside. And when it and in the fall, when it gets to be like early November before the first frost, the uh, uh, Asians will come, and some of them will buy in quantities to distribute to their friends who have restaurants, because they're not these papayas, of course, are fresh, they're not irradiated, mm. they're sweeter. They're more crunchy, and they're they're better tasting because they're grown locally. But you know, it's a real popular. Uh, the people are just waiting for the day when we're going to harvest the papayas. So we grow the papayas okay. outside, and then we grow papayas inside our hoop house that that don't uh, freeze because they're covered year round. Okay. And those uh, we found that you know I never liked papaya uh, that I bought in the store. Even when I went to Mexico, I tried papaya, <laughs> and it was always not really sweet, but a little bit mealy. Mm-hmm. The papayas that I grew at the Kerniak Center and now we grow at Woodlake in the hoop house, they taste like candy when they ripen. It's amazing. Ooh. So, I'm, you know, papayas do can be sweet. Mm-hmm. They can. But we grow other things. You know, you know, we grow, we, South yeah. Africa, in, in everyone's house, everyone's house had a papaya tree. At the, uh, yeah. We call them pawpaws. Um, but yeah, pawpaws, like P-A-W, they'd say. But it's yeah, papaya. Pawpaws. And everybody had them. And it was like you just go out and, and an avocado tree. We were very spoiled. And mm-hmm. to me, this is the thing is avocados, like, you know. Oh, my but, gosh. Um, and, and banana trees. Everyone had banana trees. And all different yeah. kinds. Like, they, you know, they, they do, mm-hmm. like, purpley blue flowers and all kinds of different things. But I, I want to go back to the bananas because, and the papas over there, or the papaya was sweet. I know exactly oh. what you're talking about. And then if you bought them from a store, it was always, I've never enjoyed papaya in this Mm-mm. country not once because it's mealy no it's it doesn't it's just the not texture right. is weird you know and i'm weird about not tomatoes right. unless they're right off the vine and there's just mm-hmm. i don't like the mealy mealy uh-uh. but the the banana trees 
uh, we were in, you know, as we as we travel across the country, uh, and many of you know, we uh, we are we work with trusted house sitters. We don't work, but we're uh, we we are on that platform as pet sitters because in COVID hit, we needed to be isolated from people, and so we started pet sitting, and it turned out to be the coolest thing. And there's no money exchanged or anything like that. You know, people want to travel, we get to take care of their home, their garden, and their pets. So I want to tell you. Both. We have been doing gardens across the country, and it has been mm-hmm. such a unique, different experience. Fun. It's not like being in Southern California or the desert in Arizona like we're used to. So it's, it's you have to, I mean, berries will come out at different times. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like in the back east, I'll have berries in, in, you know, late summer. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, normally it's in February, March. So everyone's different. But when we were in um, Peachtree City, which is in like just south of Atlanta, they have a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, banana trees where we were. And I was telling our friends there, I said, there was like this weird sound at night. Like I know there were storms and everything and getting frosty and everything. And he said, you know, the banana trees explode at night. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. When it gets oh. that frosty and cold, they literally, because they have all this moisture, and then they snap and boom. And so he was talking about this difference of whether he pruned them down or not to get him to get fruit. Do you know anything about, like, pruning banana trees because of the cold? It was just – it's interesting, but they – They are. <laughs> when you were there. If, if you had a, an exploding banana tree? <laughs> it doesn't get that cold. Yeah, okay. it, not it where you are. It doesn't get that cold in, in Woodlake. But, you know, every year our trees, the, the foliage on the banana trees does freeze. So right now, if you look at our banana trees, they're brown. Mm. All the leaves are brown. Yeah. But what we do mm. is we, we trim them. So every tree that is that is gone through flowering and, and it said bananas, we cut those down because that's it, mm. the following year it will collapse and die on the fourth year. So mm. in the third year, that's when they set bananas. So every year after it freezes, like right now when we see there's no possibility that it's going to freeze in the next uh, two to three weeks, we'll go through and remove all the, the, the dead leaves, and then it'll start sending uh, new leaves from the center of the, of the, uh, mm. of the trunk. And that's where yeah. the, 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 all the leaves come out and the next flower. Wow. Okay, so wow. So when we lived in Kenya, I just have to say that's the – that to me is the Garden of Eden. You can put anything in the ground and it will grow. It, mm-hmm. It's the most amazing things right on the equator, and we just grew everything like mm-hmm. the, the vegetables and and the fruits and the 
the garden was, it just took care of itself. It was amazing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So that's what's so like amazing to me. The birds like to, go ahead. The birds like to drop seeds everywhere too. So that's a mm. big, big help. Yeah. yeah. You get a surprise. Yeah. You go, I didn't yeah. plant that. Yeah, I know. It's cool. You're like, I don't know what that is. Look it up in the book on yeah. the internet. And you're like, okay, I want it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do you experience invasive species that you have to look at in the garden? Like, I know there's weeding, but then some weeds are okay. Like, you know, people consider dandelions weeds. I think they're good for us, you know. So what what happens with that in the garden? Yeah, the 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 three main weeds that c- concern us would be uh, Johnson grass, mm-hmm. Bermuda grass, actually mm-hmm. there's four, nut grass, mm. and field bindweed. Mm. Uh, if field bindweed wow. isn't around, like roses, you know, they tend to grow underneath the canopy of the roses and climb the roses, and it's hard, oh. you know, the, the chemicals that you would use. You know, we don't use chemicals in the garden to begin with, but the chemicals you would use to c- control it would damage the roses. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. those, you know, that field bindweed, we have it at the garden. We have limited areas where we have uh, nutgrass, and nutgrass, you know, is a tough one to control also. You know, mm-hmm. there's work, been work done where they say if you pull a nutgrass plant out, yeah, it releases the certain hormones, and you now have 10 plants instead of one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, because, well, and so on. So, but those are the weeds that we are concerned about. But, you know, we've... We actually, before we planted, you know, we take these areas and we grow them out. And then what we do is we, um, uh, in the very beginning, before we start planting things, we find out if there are bad weeds, and then we spend a whole summer controlling those weeds. So what we do is mm-hmm. we get them healthy first, because you can't kill plants that are stressed or not healthy. We grow with the plant, the weeds, we get them healthy, we irrigate them, and then as they get really healthy, then we spray the chemicals on them, systemic herbicides, and then... Mm-hmm. Keep watering, and what when, what we what comes again is the next flush of growth. Then we try to knock that down. We do it like three or four times over a a, a hmm. five month period, and that usually wow. uh, diminishes the population of that particular weed. But you can't plant a garden and expect to control those hard to control weeds uh, amongst the 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 vegetables or the, the plants. Yeah. Yeah, hey, you know, hard. there's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of knowledge at the garden because I'll get mm-hmm. some lady that will come and she's from uh, Honduras or somewhere and she says, can I have some uh, banana leaves? I'm making uh, pupusas. I'm making tamales. And mm-hmm. I go, oh, okay. You know, I didn't know that that's, that they could use that, you know, that way. And then I get somebody from uh, uh, Serbia and she wants some leaves from the grapes. Hmm. And she makes her own, um, uh, their own traditional, uh, using grape leaves. Hmm. And then, like, uh, wow. That's and then, cool. you know, you just get, and then somebody from India will say, can I have the mustard greens? And I'm going, sure. Actually, you know, the wild mustard. Some, <laughs> the wild, you know. So, so, hmm. uh, and then, and then, uh. Somebody else uh, from Mexico will say, oh, can I have those weeds, the calitas? Mm. And I go, sure. So, you know, because we're so diverse. Yeah. It just catches yeah. my attention. Mm-hmm. What you think is a weed is not a weed to them. Yeah. Even yeah. the dandelions, dandelions they to want. me, are not a weed. Dandelions are good for your yeah. body. 
They're good for the ground. They're good for mm-hmm. bird. I mean, and they're pretty. And people kill them. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, don't, don't, just, if, wouldn't you want dandelions as a lawn more than just the green? I'm just saying, the clover and the dandelions. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. they're pretty. Oh, because- you get, do you get sweet peas? I, th- I think I have photos of sweet peas from your garden. In yes. The, like in the yes. Oh. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh. Every Aren't year I, tell, I bug manual. I yeah. bug manual every year. I want my sweet peas up. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think so beautiful. And her snow peas. That's, yeah, mm. snow peas. Uh-huh. It's by the creek, the the one little the water area that snap you have. Peas. Um, the peas, but aren't they really good for the soil? The sweet peas aren't they? Kind of like a they're they, they're liquid, they, so. they have nitrogen that they put yeah. into the soil. And yeah, aren't they good? I for, like their beautiful. I like the beautiful mm. pastel flowers on them. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And so when I'll be weeding, or Manuel says, I need this area cleaned up, I'll tell him, no, 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 uh, so-and-so lady is <laughs> coming for all those weeds. And then he looks at me and he goes, oh, God, if you wait for everybody to come get weeds, we'll never clean this place. Oh. I go, no, no, she says she'll be coming. <laughs> so this is how you weed. You get everybody to come and get food. <laughs> yeah, They're get what you, what you like. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love, that. Big, I love it's that. It's a big help. Yes, mm. the big help. Let me tell you, that's so, cool. Don't be surprised if in 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 summer you see ladies walking by with with big clumps of uh, of uh, malva, or big clumps oh. of uh, mustard weed, or big clumps of uh, purslane. Mm. <laughs> or everything they the Somebody likes it mm-hmm. for mm. some purpose, medicine or food yes. or. Yeah, you know, whatever. There's, there's, mm-hmm. you know, That's all right. cultures it's... have their own favorite yeah. remedies, mm-hmm. right? But the mm-hmm. malva is like for use for tea. I, I've had malva tea, like that. That the malva, it, it's, it, it's like a tea because it's kind of like hibiscus tea in a way, but it has almost like a marshmallowy taste. If I'm getting the right point, oh. who knows what I drink? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's anything oh, to do with. Tea. <laughs> I, no, know that, what you I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> But the teas, the teas are really neat. But there is, it's like people use the root, like the, it's the M-A-L-V-A, malva root. And, and I believe it's connected to mallow. So that's where you get that little yes. marshmallowy taste. Now, isn't, I think it was you, Manuel, that taught me that you've got this huge flower. It's like a giant hibiscus flower. And you, I think you t- said that it was related. And maybe it's not a hibiscus, but it's this huge, huge flower that looks like a hibiscus. And red and pink ones, I think, but yes. there was a really big one. Mm-hmm. You said it was related to the cotton plant. Yes, Hi- yeah, cotton is a hibiscus. Oh, yes, really? Yes, yes you're absolutely right. You're you're right. There, there's there are different species of hibiscus, and the flowers are gigantic. Sometimes, most of the time, they'll be about six inches in diameter, but sometimes they'll be wow. as large as eight inches in diameter. They're wow. beautiful. Wow. Mm, and yeah. they, once they start <laughs> blooming, and in, in, they like the heat, so they'll start blooming in in early summer. And will bloom all through summer. Wow. Oh, cool. Because yeah. it's beautiful. Everywhere we go, when people have, like, there's people with gardens at their bed and breakfast, and, you know, we'll do all a travel thing. I'll be like, that's cotton, you know. Manuel said so. And then I'm like, I hope I'm right. Because I'm telling people this everywhere <laughs> yeah. we go about that. But I'm glad to hear it. Now, what about the lady? Is it a Lady Sharon Rose? Is that the same thing oh, as yeah. a hibiscus? That, the same is thing. Is it connected? Yes. Oh, Yes. Okay. The Athenias are, are hibiscus. Hmm. Okay. Then okay, yeah. that's cool. The Rose of Sharon, to... and then the related species. Yes. 
how cool. It's just like, it's like really, uh, you know, blackberries and you really raspberries and are the from the rose family. Oh. That's right. That's right. The blackberries, because mm. rose hips, like all of that's kind of, so it's the leaves. That's what you're saying, Olga, look at the leaves of the, so you have to look at the leaves yeah, more than the flower. Just, if you just, if you really concentrate and look at the leaf and the shape and you mm. can say, hey, is this related to that? Because the leaf mm. looks yeah. similar. Okay. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense with the flowers yeah. too, like for like the berries mm-hmm. and because you, you, they do, like if you see, we see a lot of roses in the wild and azaleas in the wild when we hike and, and do some of the parks. And that's what's interesting too, is to go from the parks to what people have growing in their homes, how it's plants have been adapted to be able to be in, you know, the human world is <laughs> the wild world, you know, like berries and things here. Berries are growing everywhere. So I know you guys are famous for your berry events and berries. So, and blueberries, it, that's a, that's a big deal too. So do you have your events coming up this year? The, your, your berry festivals? Yes. The tentatively it's scheduled as usual for the last Saturday in May, but they can always look at our Facebook page. And yes, you know, I, I don't want to brag too much, but we have the best tasting blueberries and blackberries in the world. Um, and I, I say that because I got to go to the stations at, in, in, in Canada, in Oregon, mm. in, in Georgia, and Florida. And of course, in, in those areas, they have the, the huge collections of just about everything you can imagine. So I brought some varieties, not commercial because, you know, they're not the most productive, but we have the best tasting berries in the world. There you go. So when people come on that weekend, they get to taste the best. And not only that, we bring in berries from around the state. We have the local strawberries and blackberries and so on. And then we bring in berries from other parts of the state. And so uh, people get to taste a real diversity of strawberries because we have a a collection of strawberry varieties, a collection of blackberry varieties, raspberry Mm. varieties. Oh, man, it's it's delicious. My mouth is watering right now, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking about it. "Hmm." I want to call it. Ooh. Yes, I'm ready for berries. I'm, I, you know what? Yes. That's a, they're so good for us too, right? So berries. That's a, any yes. other events coming up that we can tell people about? Yes, we we probably are going to have. Um, I know we're gonna. We're planning that you know uh, probably sometime early summer we're gonna have a, a vegetable day because we grow mm. a lot of different vegetables. And just so for Nancy, we want to bring people in. Yes, pardon. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna do that just for Nancy, so she'll eat her vegetables. That's right. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So, you know, right now what happens in the garden, people are allowed to taste, like, for example, right now they go to the citrus, they can eat any of the 80 varieties we have there. Um, when we have the stone fruit, the same thing. But when it comes to vegetables, we want it to be aesthetically beautiful. We want the blocks to remain pristine so that people can mm-hmm. see the garden. So, for example, you see a cabbage patch, you should see all the cabbages in the patch. This is beautiful. And then we have a, a day when we allow the volunteers to take some, and then what we have left over, then we, we either give it away or we sell a little bit. But the vegetable gardens, we wanted them to be uh, absolutely beautiful and pristine. Otherwise, you know, people start cutting the vegetables when they're growing. Right. You know, it doesn't look the same. Yeah. And so the trees are different, you know. But the vegetables, we try to keep the, the rain on that and say, hey, you know, yeah. the, the, please look at the vegetables. On a certain day, we're going to harvest, and if you're around, <laughs> you can have some. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. No, Some, that makes sense. That makes sense. Suddenly I want to eat sure. carrots. I want to go in and I want to, you know, there's something about just, you know, the the plants underground. It's it's cool to see the cabbage, the lettuce, and, 
you know, things growing, like chard is so beautiful, right? And tomatoes, and which is a fruit. So, I mean, it's still a vegetable in a weird way, but seeing all of that. But when it comes down to pulling vegetables from underground out, mm-hmm. it's always this cool surprise. I think that's cool for kids, too, to see the potatoes and, you know, like beets. the carrots and, and beets. beets. Yeah, just to, and then opening them up and seeing, wow, who would know that all of this would grow in mm-hmm. the dirt? <laughs> you know what I you know what I like I like the most when you pull something from the ground mm. smell it yeah smell it it has an earthy smell mm-hmm. to it and that takes me back nope. when I was a kid mm. just smelling anything that comes off the ground the potato the mm. onion the carrot the yeah. radishes everything that you pull up just sniff it and oh just mm. It's mineral. Wonderful smell. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's you know what's amazing is that there are you know in the radishes, uh, and I'm sure you're well aware of that. Mm. They come in all colors. They're mm-hmm. amazing in all sizes. You have from the really small yeah. things to basketball size radishes, round ones. Mm. They're a, a specialty, size. a Japanese specialty radish. Yes. Wow. <laughs> you know, I just and, tried and, the and other the, day. Even daikon. Oh, you grow those? I was going to say, you grow those. I've never seen the, the basketball, but you were just saying the Asian variety. I just suddenly went, if, if you, can you grow dragon fruit? Try dragon fruit for the first time the other day, and it's amazing. Have you, can yes. you grow that there? We've been trying, because a friend of mine in, in San Diego, you know, he, he, that's, what, that's his specialty. He, he works with uh, 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 dragon fruit. But mm. We haven't been able to get the plants to, to grow, let alone uh, grow sufficiently to, to set a flower. Uh, oh. There are people locally who are trying, but nobody really successful. It's, not in our area. it's probably, huh? yeah, it's too hot in the summer, believe it or not, and it's too oh. cold in the winter. Oh, yeah, okay. they, they get nipped in the winter, and then yeah. the, the hot weather kills the flower, dries the flower real fast. Yeah. Is that the exotic fruit guy that's off of? Um, I just know the road. It, it's 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 like he's near Fallbrook. He's between Fallbrook and Vista in that little area. And he's got an exotic yeah, the, the fellow farm. that works with him, his name is Faustino, uh, not Faustino, his name is, uh, um, oh, heck. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay, what's his name? It's a cool place, man. You, yeah, ever, yes, yes. Anyways, there's they, an exotic fruit farm out there, and, and you go in there, it's yeah. like you're mm-hmm. in the jungle, and yeah, it's like it's awesome. nothing you've ever experienced. It is cool. It's like guavas and lychees, and yeah. I mean, he's got passion, and passion fruit grows wild there. Like, it's so good. You can can you do passion fruit? Do you it tends to freeze. Yeah, yeah, that's a big right. old vine and it, you know, once it goes out of the, you can, yeah. Yeah. But look at how much so we you have can guavas go. and lychees. Oh, you have lychees and guavas, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. We have eight varieties of guava. Yeah. too, because of the citrus kumquats, or are yeah, they we have kumquats. Yes. Wow. Okay. No, we have oh, little, that we have a little that little varieties. rose apple. Rose apple oh, is that what it's called? That little tiny Jamaican fruit? rose apple, yes. Yes. Wow. We have longan, Jamaican rose apple, we have a a, a chiri moya. Hmm. Mangoes. Oh man, and and oh mangoes. Oh see that's dangerous. If I get in there it's like mm-hmm, dangerous. <laughs> now you've got a whole row of fig trees too, and I didn't know there were so many fig varieties in my life. Until the last time we were there, and with like, mm-hmm. I was like, "What?" I think you had a, like a California fig, and then a different with you had different figs. I just thought there was a fig tree, like boom. No, but no. Yeah. 
I have no yeah. clue, <laughs> no clue about that. But but that, I, I want to go back to that because you do have different parts of the garden and it's really wow. grown from the very beginning. I think the first time we came out was in 2010, maybe even sooner, the first time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. it just seems like it's really grown with gazebos and you've got that little farmhouse and uh, water fountains, but... Uh, before we started, we, before we went live, you said you have a Peter Rabbit garden. Most people want to get rid of the like rabbits that. in the garden. But Olga, what, what's the what's the Peter Rabbit garden about? <laughs> Carrots. It, it's <laughs> a storybook character. It's a storybook yeah. character. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. And and so uh, they've designed it with some some figurines of the rabbit and friends of his, mm-hmm. and some and we're planting exotic vegetables there, <laughs> so that it, it's it's different from the other gardens. And so there'll be eggplants that have the fruit really exposed, so that people can see the all the fruit on the plant versus the covered with leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have the bright lights Swiss chard, which is you know uh, yellow. Orange, red, pink—you know—it oh, wow. comes in different colors. So hmm. yeah, and then there'll be little tunnels where the kids will be able to walk through, and there'll be different colored tunnels. You know, one will be blue, but I want to be purple. One will be red, and so on. And that'll be with morning glories. So yeah, the little kids will, will like it. They like it a lot right now, and I think they'll like it even more oh, this yeah. uh, early summer there's when a, it's in full a, bloom. There's a sign. There's a sign that says "Hop this way." And we place them, uh, we place like uh, like pavers, you know, but they're made out of wood. And I see uh, the little children hopping on one leg, you know, and going through mm. the trail. And then I see an adult and they say, well, you know what? I remember doing this as a kid. And there they go. I go, wow. Uh, it brings back so cool. memories to adults. Yeah. Well, the adults have to, you know, being in a garden... I think brings the inner child out. I mean, just the other day, I'm you know taking care of this beautiful dog Iris, a wonderful golden lab, and um, she wants to play out in the garden. And apparently, she um, likes to hang out in the daffodils. And apparently, we're going to run in the mud and splash in puddles. And so here I am, almost 50 years old, being like a kid with a dog in the puddles. And there's nothing better in the world than that. You know what I mean? And I think that's the joy you get about gardening is once you get your hands in the dirt or your feet on the dirt, you might as well go all in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Go all the way. Just go all the way. Exactly. So hop away. Hop, hop, hop on the, you know, I think that's awesome for adults to do. And and for kids, you know, uh, how many volunteers do you have? 
Would you well, repeat that? on the weekends, on the weekends, how many volunteers do we have? Yes. Oh, yeah. On the weekends, we're getting as many as 12 on Saturdays. And we're like, we man, I, think I'm gonna, yeah. I think I'm going to stay home and do laundry and do dishes. And Manuel will call me and he'll say, you better get over here. I've got too many kids for just me to handle. <laughs> so I have to drop what I'm yeah. doing and then yeah. <laughs> run over yeah. there. We like to keep the number around 10 because it's manageable. We can, you know, because I can think on maybe three little projects and divide the kids and they can work on three things. But sometimes we'll get, uh, you know, like last Saturday, uh, we had to come out because we had 20 volunteers, adults and kids. But one time, you know, the one, the one time I'll never forget is that we got 70 volunteers. So they came from Woodlake. They came from the surrounding communities, wow. from Visalia, from Farmersville, groups of kids mm. and, and, and adults that wanted to work in the gardens. And we didn't have enough tools, you know. You know. <laughs> we don't have tools for I 70 think it people. Was, uh, I think it was Earth Day. Mm. Or something like okay. that. Yeah, they, they just all happened to come to the garden. Wow. Oh, wow. That's amazing. But, do, you know, so um, hello, everybody who has tools. <laughs> you know where to take them. <laughs> With, like, yeah. botanical gardens, yeah. you can always use tools and water. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. yeah, do you, what kind of donations, what can people do to help you with the garden? You know, mostly, you know, um, what we what we like is small groups of volunteers, because like that, you know, Olga and I, you know, we're we're there uh, six days a week. We're there uh, Monday wow. through Saturday, and uh, and we at least till noon. And of course, right now we've been working full days, but um, volunteers can come anytime that we're there. And and we always tell them, you know, uh, when you come, you know, uh, there's not a a, a it, you know, in the past, we've had, for example, people that adopt an area, but then that person adopts it, and it becomes difficult to make sure that you know, uh, if, if we don't know they're not coming and the weeds are getting big, it, so we do it communally as a group. All the things that we do out there, we do it together as a group, so we can prioritize and take care of you know the areas that need attention. But you know, people are welcome to bring their own tools. Uh, and they they can help us in many ways. They don't have to be a gardener to help us. You know, we have events where they can help us. We also have computer work that they can do, like making posters and making signs and stuff like that. So there's many things they can work on. Some kids have done artwork for us. They've made uh, uh, um, just some real nice garden signs for us. So if somebody has a talent, you know, we prefer for them to use their talent on whatever they're, you know, they, whatever they like to do and are good at versus giving them a rake and say, hey, come and rake these leaves over here. Mm. Because there's a lot of opportunities, regardless of what uh, the person's skills are, uh, we can use those skills. We've been using, like, for example, amateur welders and carpenters and things like that to do a lot of our projects. And so that's, that's worked out really well. Cool. That's awesome. I think it's awesome yeah, for everyone. It. And I think you're right about, you know, unless somebody wants to learn a new skill, this is a great way to learn. It's a great way to grow. And I think, you know, also, you know, people that are in between careers, this is something, you know, it's a good place to go and and get your hands dirty, you know. And and do you find people that also may be living in apartments want to get their hands dirty and miss gardening? People that may have downsized from their home want to go out and help and, and just miss being in a garden? Do you find a lot of people come to the garden for that? There have been people like that, but not a lot of them. I would say that most people who come is because they like gardening already, you know, and and Mm -hmm. they may have a garden, (laughs) but they want to come help (laughs) at our garden. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, so, they usually ask yeah. you for trouble because they need to go back home and take care of their garden. That, we have a, right. For example, so, we have a lady who comes every week, and she works in the garden, and she neglects hers, and then uh, <laughs> we we had to go help her on hers. <laughs> <laughs> That's community, right? That's community spirit. I like that. Yes. So can people donate yes. plants to you? Do you accept plants or, uh, you know, financial donations to keep things running? Because I know, you know, it's... If there's a lot of labor, but there's also cost in, in running a garden. Not that you're buying pesticides yes. or anything, but there is cost to making things yes. work, like for fencing and stuff like that. You're absolutely right, yeah. Um, historically, you know, we've had a couple of – we've always had just a couple of two or three little fundraisers a year. And so that has kept us going forward, you know, just barely. Uh, but with our improvements, you know, uh, that, has, that, that has come about because, number one, the city has – finally contributed some money to us, which is really good. They're partnering uh, with us, which is uh, cool. uh, really awesome. good. And then also yeah. we have uh, garden friends who have been donating uh, some money so that we can do some of these projects, which is uh, also very, very good. But we, you know, finally put out, we never have had a donation box, and we finally installed it last week. <laughs> so we, But we do accept donations. And so, you know, if anybody wants address and stuff like that, at, at our Facebook page, everything is there. Um, awesome. But yes, uh, mostly we want we want their time. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that's what matters the most because uh, building uh, a relationship with them and especially their children because the children they, you know they once they buy into the garden they bring the parents <laughs> and so mm-hmm. we love for the kids to taste the fruit, to smell the to smell the aromas of the garden, the herbs, to see the beauty of the gardens. And they're the ones that tug at the parents and let's go to the garden, let's go to the garden. And that's what people tell us, that it's their children who keep uh, encouraging them to bring them to the garden. So we want them to come to the garden. I love it. I love it. It's been so much fun to have you back on this show. We could talk to you for hours. Like, I'm like, okay, let's talk about this now. Like, let's look at each I want to go play in the garden and play with sweet peas. Uh, Before you both go, um, now if someone brings a teardrop to you, so that uh, you and Olga and you, the two of you can go off for a vacation. Um, I want to ask each of you, where would you both want to go that does have something to do with nature or plants? Because I know that no matter where you go, you can still want to go see that. I know that. Uh, so, Olga, where do you want to go in the teardrop? <laughs> I, actually want, I actually want to visit all the national parks. Mm. Well, come on, girl. Come with us. Yeah, come on. Come with us. <laughs> come with us. We'll get you in trouble because we go down stupid roads that we shouldn't. But you're welcome to come with us. That's the that's the fun part of it. You exactly. end up lost and you find you find something you didn't expect to find. It's exactly the thing, right? Is there a specific mm-hmm, national park yes. you've you've had in your mind to go to? Um, Yosemite. Mm-hmm. I went to for the first time. For the first time, mm-hmm. and I live like what, three hours yeah. away. <laughs> oh, so I've got the I've got the I've got the bugs. I want gotta to go. go to Yellowstone. Gotta go to Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yellowstone is our very first. Our very first. Yellowstone park. Is, is my yeah, target. Yeah, that there's so much wildlife. It's 150 years old uh, from and, March 1st. Uh, it's 150 mm-hmm. years old this year, which is amazing, you know. And you guys are in, like, National Parkland. You have Sequoia and Kings Canyon mm-hmm. National Park, Yosemite, mm-hmm. Death Valley near you. So I know yeah. Pinnacles, Pinnacles National Park. So a lot of people do that loop, mm-hmm. you know. 
especially um, overseas guests. And I, hopefully we'll start to see our friends from other countries come back to the States again. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully all yes. of this COVID yes. stuff will, you know, escape us all and, and stop so we can yeah. get back to some normal fun, you know. But, Manuel, where do you want to go in the teardrop? Because you're driving, you know. <laughs> yes. You know, actually, Olga and I had been planning a road trip across the southern United States. Oh, and cool. part of the thing was to stop at different places along the way. The plan was to get on the Amtrak and then get a rental, you know, stop somewhere near where we could drive to mm-hmm. the Grand Canyon. And then mm-hmm. as we go uh, eastward, stop at different places, historical places and gardens and parks, mm-hmm. going all the way to Florida. And then we would meet our kids in Florida for a couple of days, but just a couple at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> And then we would fly back to California. So it would be well, – we were hoping maybe like a month uh, uh, mm. uh, excursion uh, eastward but yeah. along the, the more southern part of the United States. Cool. And, so I, and listen, we were looking at all these different – there's so many places to stop. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It is – it's dangerous. You know, Nancy and I have been in the east for a long time. I mean, we've just now come back west. We were back west last year um, just for a little bit to – do the sequoias, a little bit of Oregon, and uh, Costa Mesa, California. And really, this is, you know, now we're in the Pacific Northwest, and this is a whole other world, but we've spent so much time in Florida and Texas, New mm. Mexico, um, yeah. North Carolina, All South Carolina, across. Georgia, you name it. So when you guys plan this, I mean, we've traveled across the country four times last year. And we're about to do that again this year, and Mm -hmm. it's fine with us in Louisiana. And when it comes to gardens and plants and and knowing who you are and what you've done, please let us know because um, we – well, you guys are going to be in our new Garden Gossip magazine, and we've been to gardens that are the big, magnificent ones, and then there's these ones that are just these community treasures. And I really – want people to know about these community treasures and go to the big ones too, because they're all awesome. But a lot mm. of times the community ones um, don't make the list of things. And I want them to go because Beautiful. the same thing is what we do, how we travel now. And of course we do our tourism stuff and we do hotels and bed and breakfast and everything. But when you're in neighborhoods and actually see, you see plants that you'll never see, you know what I mean? There's, plants that just grow in certain places, you know, that you're not going to see somewhere mm-hmm. else. And people grow what they eat as well, like you, you were talking about, you know, like the papaya and, and things like that. So these community parks are also done by volunteers majority of the time and people who really care. And so it's um, when you do this, please let us know because you support them. I will send you this really big, long list, and you'll finally realize you just have to be on the road like we are 100%. <laughs> a dangerous thing but it's such a good good conversation with you both thank you for joining us everyone Woodlake Botanical Gardens uh, go to their Facebook page and also we want to thank uh, the Sequoia Tourism Council every first Thursday we talk about what you can see and do in the region and we're going to close with a song called Freshly Squeezed because you know Mm. it's orange juice season and that citrus apparently grows really well in Tulare County. So we're going to play that. It's from Johnny Master and the Mama's Boys out of New Orleans. So here's a little blues for you all. Thank you both cool. for joining us. Thanks, guys. It's You're been a welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Here it is. Some blues. 
Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.